in peace, motherfuckers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Covenant 69th episode of the Rough Cut Retrospective, a podcast that talks about movies and TV and pop culture and sometimes the real and scary news of the real world, um, but mostly we're a distraction from that. And I couldn't uh, do it without my lovely co-host, the person who I would love to do the episode 69 with, Mr. Carter Sims. <laughs> Uh, when I find out someone murdered an innocent person or sold somebody heroin or did some graffiti and I kill that person with my bare hands, you think that gives me pleasure? Well, it does. That's awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. And 69. Hello. 69. We did it. How about it? Woo. Woo. What was that quote from Carter? That was a quote from the television show Peacemaker on HBO Max. Which we will be discussing momentarily. But for now. How are you doing? You doing good? You doing I'm right? doing just dandy. It's a beautiful snowy day in Chicago. I thought spring beautiful. was coming. It's not. Uh, Winter is coming. <gasps> Game of Thrones <gasps> twist episode. Whoa. Whoa. No. Oh, okay. Um, Instead, Carter, tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. Oh, dramatic on that one. Um. Well, Jackson, um, I watched quite a few uh, things this week. Um, some were disturbing. Some were fun. Um, some were surprising. I'll start with uh, a movie I checked out on HBO Max. Speaking of which, uh, mm-hmm. it's an HBO Max original wow. from uh, yeah, our boy Steven Soderbergh. Uh, there's a movie called Kimmy on HBO Max. Okay. Uh, it stars Zoe Kravitz. And she plays, it takes place like it's the first movie I've watched that like deals with like it's set in COVID-19 times uh-huh. and it's like people are wearing masks and everything. It's like deep in the pandemic and stuff. Um, and it, I didn't mind it. I know we talked about like watching like movies that are yeah. set in COVID and like, are we ready for that? I think this was good because it wasn't the main focus because Zoe Kravitz plays like this agoraphobic person. Oh, cool. Um, and she's like a tech worker and she works for this like company that's like kind of, puts out devices like Google homes and like mm-hmm. Alexa's and she like listens through data streams. Like that's her job. And she like corrects them. And like, cause like it's like an assistant and it corrects like errors that are in it. And she mm-hmm. thinks she hears like a murder on one of them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so she has to go on this, like go through this thing to like try to report it. And like, they're trying to cover it up and it's, an, it's very interesting. Um, so that was pretty fun. And, uh, it's like an hour and a half. It's a nice, solid thriller, paranoia thriller. I liked that a lot. Um, next to that, I watched the worst person in the world. I went to the theaters, checked this Norwegian film out Mm -hmm. and I thought it was really, really good. Um, I see now why I was nominated for best screenplay because, uh, it's a really great script and uh, great acting, very well constructed enjoyed it thoroughly and uh the last one have you ever heard of a movie called raw jackson that maybe what is it it's an older it's from 2016 okay and this is a french film Ooh, tell me about it and it's about this girl that goes to like vet school Mm -hmm. and they like have this big hazing ritual for like freshmen yeah at the vet school 
and she's a vegetarian and they force her to eat raw meat Ew. as a hazing exercise. And then she starts to develop this like urge to eat raw flesh. And cool. you might see where that goes. Um, she like starts to like eat people. She likes awesome. the taste of human flesh. Um, boy, was it something. Um, yeah. I saw three consecutive movies this week where I saw three count them three male genitalia just in their full package wow. and what a time that was the other one was dog tooth um but anyway i won't talk about that one because that one was just really weird and really interesting but another male penis in there baby <laughs> that was my week jackson happy wow. 69th episode buddy Woo-hoo. hey now what about you pal <laughs> yeah um this week has been a little interesting i've been re-watching this hit show back from back in the day called heroes i don't know if you're familiar oh with it. i'm familiar i've never watched it but i'm familiar it's on, with it. it's on peacock and i was like oh i wonder if this is anywhere and i saw that it was there and i've been making abby watch it with me it's very nostalgic it's pretty mid but like for some reason it it it's pretty cool. So I'm a. Uh, I've been rewatching that, which has been fun. Nice. Um, Abby and I rewatched Rogue One the other night. Hell yeah! Is in my top three favorite uh, Star Wars movies. So big. It has a big place in my heart, which was cool to watch. Absolutely. Um, and then on top of that, I discovered a podcast that <sighs> does deep dives on X Men characters called oh. Cerebro. And they bring like artists and like uh, like actual like writers for the comics and stuff that are like oh, cool like, doing like character like the characters that the episode is about. Uh-huh. And so it's like this like two hour deep dive on like this very niche character in X Men stuff, which is pretty fun. So, right up your alley, right? Oh yeah, been having a fun thing with that. And then finally, I just wanted to say a little happy birthday to one of <gasps> our to one of our previous guests. Oh, Quinn. shout out! Happy shout birthday! Shout out! Shout and- out, Quinn Gallion. Yeah, we haven't done many birthday shout outs on here. Should we start doing that for our guests? Maybe we should. Yeah. Can, can we, we keep track of that? We'll do it. We'll try we'll to. Try to. I'm sure we've missed many. <laughs> Let us know if you've had a birthday since we started this podcast. Yeah, definitely. We have. We definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely have. We've been through a year and a half of this podcast. <laughs> I think we've <laughs> probably amazing. Yeah. Shout yeah. out, Quinn. Big old spider yeah. boy. Wonderful. Yeah. That's what I've been into this week. Amazing. Well, Jackson, let's move on to newsflash you think you're too cool for school but i got a newsflash for you walter cronkite you aren't which uh i think we can say big news week just in terms of general yeah yeah (laughs) we'll get into that in a second but first maybe we do the lighter stuff or would you rather do the heavy thing first uh uh let's just let's just get the elephant out of this room let's just yeah let's just hit it so yesterday, like last night, um, mm-hmm. Russia invaded Ukraine, which is obviously not great. Nope, not um, great. Big humanitarian issue potentially with, you know, 40 million Ukrainians, like being very worried about what's going to happen right now. And obviously, you know, that's not good. Mm-hmm. And we wish them all the best. And hopefully everything gets sorted out. But, you know, as, uh, as a podcast that started out, in the middle of COVID kind of just seeing where it goes. It's interesting to see another potential crisis <laughs> like forming with yeah. this podcast and like us seeing what happens with it. So who knows? Um, yeah. yeah. I will say it's, it's, it's quite bizarre to like, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people are comparing it to like 
like you know world war ii obviously people mm-hmm. are making those comparisons about like we're literally watching like germany invade poland and things like that yeah but it's bizarre because like we are actually like seeing it like on social yeah. media which is really frightening like we're seeing mm-hmm. there's some scary videos out there i've seen on twitter today yeah and just the fact that like that's accessible and like we're actually seeing it live is i think maybe works to our advantage hopefully mm-hmm. and ending this conflict hopefully um but like jackson said we were uh we're a movie podcast so like obviously we are not knowledgeable and we don't know about the the what the minsk accords or whatever what are they yeah people uh it's a whole mess yeah of we won't Basically, we won't dive into it let me do let me do a quick little like rundown of what's happened in the past 24 hours to my knowledge um yeah. i've been watching the news a decent amount um you know ukraine or yeah ukraine was invaded the other the other night by russia um, 1500 protesters within Russia who are protesting like this potential war were like detained mm-hmm. and maybe arrested. Who knows? Um, a lot of civilians have taken, like, uh, taken to like subway stations within Ukraine to like wait out bombs potentially in Kiev, which is the, uh, the capital of Ukraine, mm-hmm. which is not great also. And then, uh, Biden today talked about putting sanctions on Ukraine and just kind of like destroying their economy to get them to stop and will potentially put sanctions on Putin himself. I don't really, honestly, I don't know what that means as far as like sanctioning a single person, nor do I, but yeah. Um, yeah. There was like a really interesting UN meeting like two or three days ago and Kenya gave a really good speech about it. I highly recommend going to look at it and yeah, that's all I got on that. I think that sums it up. Well, um, <laughs> Uh, clearly we don't know all the details and everything, yeah. but all we know is that war is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I think that's where we stand. That's our stance. War bad. War bad. I know you were wanting it from Jackson and Carter. Um, so there you go. Um, okay. We can move on to the, to the other things now. Let's get lighthearted now. Yeah. Do you want to start well, or me? Well, I guess I should start with, because this is directly related to the uh, Ukraine, Russia stuff. So mm. okay, are you familiar go for with the show called 90210 Carter? Uh, I am. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, there's this actress. I've never seen it, to be honest, but or, I'm nor have I, but I, I'm aware. Name recognition. <laughs> yes. There's this actress named uh, Anna or Anna Lynn McCord, who took to Twitter today um, because I guess Gal Gadot was taking a nap <laughs> or something and released not a, not an Imagine celebrity uh, compilation singing video, but uh, a video reciting poetry. Uh, like through the context of if she was Vladimir Putin's mother. Um, we're going to roll a clip here and Carter's going to, you know, do some post editing and mm-hmm. give you a little taste really quick. Here it is. Dear President Vladimir Putin. I'm so sorry that I was not your mother. If I was your mother, you would have been so loved, held in the arms of joyous light. Never would the story's plight, the world unfurled before our eyes, a pure demise of nations sitting peaceful under a night sky. If I was your mother, the world would have been warm, so much laughter and joy and nothing would harm. I can't imagine the stain, the soul-stealing pain that the little boy you must have seen and believed and the formulation of thought quickly taught that you lived in a cruel, unjust world. That was wonderful. That was amazing. Uh, <laughs> um, it is truly uh, a piece of work. Mm-hmm. And what do you mean by that, Jackson? Is that I a think... positive connotation or a, a negative or just a what? What? <laughs> I can I can neither confirm nor deny 
that this poetry has made the war efforts better or worse. <laughs> um, but it is it is hilarious and and everybody has united to make fun of this woman, um, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this good or bad for Gal Gadot? Does like does her imagine video go away or does she's gonna it re- come back does with it resurface the, it? <laughs> she's gonna come back with the diss track that's better than ever. Oh um, no. Trying to outdo her for sure. So we'll we'll see what happens. God, she's gonna do it in like a bad Russian accent. Maybe. Good stuff. Uh <laughs> wonderful, wonderful news. I think that was the perfect segue to get off of the I think so too. The trauma of war. Um, wonderful. Um I have Oscar news. Ooh, give it to me. Um, both are not good for the Oscars. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> here's my first one. I'll, I'll get to the, the, the trolling of it all in a minute. Okay. But here's the first one. The Academy announced that during its telecast, eight of the Oscar categories will not be awarded on air. They yeah. have nixed eight of them. And here are the eight. I'll read to you. And then I'll tell you why this is bad. Um the first three, which actually usually are like happen during a commercial break, but they usually do a recap, are mm-hmm. documentary short, live action short, and animated short. Those will not be televised. And in addition, here are five more makeup and hairstyling, sound, production design, original score, and film editing. Now, Jackson, I don't know about you, but all movies have editing in them. Yeah. All movies have a score, basically production mm-hmm. design sound. all movies have all of these things right mm-hmm. and i think the oscars are completely backwards right now um they can't decide who they want to please they think that like cutting these awards on the telecast are somehow going to get mainstream moviegoers to watch, to watch. the oscars um yeah. i don't think that's right and now we're doing it at the expense of the people that these awards are actually for yeah which is a big bummer like the Academy is so afraid to lose viewers for their celebration that they've lost sight of who the awards are for. And it's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really uh, weird. They've like, to my knowledge, they have like a technical Oscars, like the night before usually right, on its yes. own. It's called like the governor's something or but yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's right. really cool. They'll usually do like a highlight reel of some of like the accolades and like achievements within that, which is pretty interesting, but it's mm-hmm. like weird. I think to cut these really important categories just for the sake of, allegedly for like mainstream viewers who don't normally watch the Oscars. Like maybe they're trying to trim the fat per se um, yeah. for this, which like, is this show going to be like significantly shorter now because of it? Maybe I'm thinking that, or the worst of the worst is that they're, this gives more room for Amy Schumer to make jokes. So I more bits, I, more bits, which I, I don't think is why people tune into the Oscars. It's not why I tune into the Oscars for the bits. I tune in yeah. for the awards, believe it or not, Jackson. True. So, so yes. And now I think like now you're losing the people that actually tune in to watch this, you know, like you're losing yeah, the film bros. It's definitely splitting like like it's kind of a lose lose, I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. Uh, and there's a lot of pushback on Twitter. So maybe. Just maybe they'll listen to Twitter because they certainly are for my next story. Yes, Um, please bring that next piece in. Okay, so just when you thought the Oscars couldn't get worse in their planning, um, this fan favorite Oscar category, Jackson, is is not doing well. Um, So (laughs) as of four days ago, I haven't heard any news since, but as of four days ago, 
the leading Oscars fan favorite film in the polls on Twitter was Cinderella, the Amazon Prime original film starring Camila Cabello and James Corden as a fucking mouse. And um, thoughts? Um, I remember, I'm not surprised, but I am really, really disappointed in the meme pick. Like, I would have been okay with, like, I honestly, I would have been okay with, like, the Snyderverse or, like, something, like, getting more of the meme votes. But, like, this one is just objectively a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, like, a cult favorite or, like, a niche pick that just, like, got a lot of fan support. Mm-hmm. Now it's let me just like let's ruin this category yeah and let me let me preface for both you and i unless you have watched it and i have not uh, not okay. known but we have not seen this no. film but it's really bad by all accounts it's it's awful and yeah. it got made fun of horribly when it came out and then it just kind of came and went and i think yeah. that the oscars are paying <laughs> for it because i think they created this category because um they wanted uh spider-man to win an oscar yeah and now i don't think it's gonna happen and so now I'm wondering if they're going to backpedal and not even consider this as like an Oscar, quote unquote, or mm-hmm. if it's just like, uh, hey, uh, Cinderella was liked by fans for some reason. Um, but I don't know. I think it's just going to be incredibly funny and maybe it's going to turn the Oscars upside down should this win an award. And uh, I think they're going to this could be the worst <laughs> Oscars ceremony just in itself we've ever seen in a, quite some time. Yeah, I mean, if- if Cinderella wins, I wonder if this will be the first and last time we see a popular vote <laughs> um, category. Yes. Yeah, man, they can't figure this out. I don't know what they're supposed to do. Maybe mm-hmm. there needs to be an academy, another academy that like people like you and I are on. And, yeah. we, and we pick this award. Like they get they like, like take a, it seriously. Yeah, they get like your the qualification should be like you have to be like 20 to 35 years old and you tell sure. us what the hip happening movie is right now honestly you know what would be cool is if like you applied to do it and like you like list your credentials as far as like because there's like a lot of like youtube movie reviewers and like, yeah letterbox reviewers that are really popular and like i don't know podcasters and stuff maybe they could like apply through that way and that could be like the like the voting system that nominates these movies they should honestly just like get hook up with letterbox because their letterbox is doing like a letterboxed oscars voting thing right now oh really it's like they put up their own awards because of nominations that qualified users have put in mm-hmm. and it's like movies like come on come on like um that weird yeah. french movie like titan or whatever you pronounce titan that, like, or something t- yeah. something like that like all these letterboxed e-movies are getting nominated mm-hmm um, so maybe that's a maybe that's a, a fix in the future. I, don't I think know. that's a good workaround. I yeah. Carter, we should run the Oscars. I don't know what's going on. I've but. said it every year, Jackson. Uh, <laughs> Green Book would not see the light of day if we were running that's the true. Oscars. God. Um, anyway, that's just my normal gripes on the Oscars. Um, you got anything else, Jackson? I have one more, and it's a, it's kind of sad, but not in like the Russia Ukraine stuff that we've been talking about. Okay, not in a bagpipe um, sad either. No, or? not in a not okay. a bagpipe sad okay. either. Cool. Daredevil actor. Charlie Cox said it was quote dead fucking quiet in the theater during his scene in Spider-Man No Way Home quote I was so disappointed my wife was recording me and then tumbleweed I don't understand that because <laughs> in my theater everyone was hyped I know I had like a an, an awesome theater experience for No Way Home and everyone went nuts when seeing Charlie Cox uh, as yeah. just like not even as Daredevil but like as Matt Murdock 
the lawyer. Um, yeah, I don't know what's up. I like I hadn't even so seen sad. I hadn't even seen the Daredevil show, and I was just excited because everyone else was excited. I was like, "Yeah, yeah that's Charlie Cox." Like at least First I knew all, who it was. You should watch the show because I think it's like leaving Netflix sort of soon. Get the Ooh. first season in; it's really good. Like totally worth worth the watch. Just okay, saying. we'll do. Um, it's coming yeah. to Disney Plus, right? Though all those are coming to Disney Plus. Are they? I honestly have no idea. That's what I would assume, right? If they're leaving Netflix, hope. they're hopping over there. <laughs> let's let's hope that that's the case but yeah. who knows because it could be scrubbing it if they're like not canon or who knows what but mm, okay well we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see okay that's but yeah wonderful. definitely definitely check that out but yeah There's... i felt really bad for him because that bummed me out man if he were in any other theater where was he like in alaska like <laughs> where was he seeing the movie <laughs> i don't know but man wouldn't that be so like humbling a little bit <laughs> yeah you you come in with a big head and and then everyone's like, at least no one was like, boo. I mean, yeah, that's, was... that's true. I guess it could be worse. Yeah, I guess the reason he went is because, like, obviously he knew people were getting hyped, like, at his cameo. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, I want to experience this firsthand. And then so, like, they went in. He, like, stood on the side and his wife was filming him just so he could see it. And then, like, nothing. And he was like, oh, <laughs> that's a, I would love to see. I hope his wife posts that video somewhere. I know. That'd be pretty great. <laughs> it's still, but man, I love that the spider-man news is still trickling out like we've gotten all these all the actual real life spider-man picture memes Mm -hmm. now because all the behind the scenes footage is coming out because like the physical releases is is happening i think next week or sometime yeah out soon but man they're just milking it for all it's worth so maybe they will they're still trying to win that oscar huh they're campaigning hard i hope i hope they do but yeah the, the trolls of Twitter are dictating otherwise. Lots of I just went, I looked at like the hash, I went to go see like the hashtag fan favorite thing. Mm-hmm. I like looked at all the, the tweets that were going on about it. And it was just all these Camilla Cabello like fan accounts just like no. tweeting for her. And I was like, oh my gosh, here we are. Because um, I th- I think you can like it's like not like one account gets one vote. You could just you get, like spam. You right? get 20 votes a day, is what I read. Oh God. So they probably do have these automized accounts just like uh-huh. doing it. Yeah. It's, it's not <sighs> a good system. <laughs> it's gotta that's, be. That's really not good. Yeah. There's, there needs to be some fixing <laughs> of, of the stuff. So uh, I don't know. Academy, mm. you're not doing well right now. That's all I can say. Um, amazing. That's all I have. You got anything else? Yeah. That's all I got too. Wonderful. Uh, good news today. Uh, we're well, not some, not good news, but you know, <laughs> Uh, interesting news for sure interesting news yeah it was news um we're gonna take a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be back to talk peacemaker peacemaker nice and we're back to a segment called that's just like your opinion man yeah well you know that's just like uh your opinion man and uh jackson why don't you tell the people what we talking about today yeah so (laughs) Oh, I liked your little accent. Yeah, I don't know where I went. I had a stroke there at the end. (laughs) Continue. Um, Yeah, so we are discussing James Gunn's HBO Max series, Peacemaker, and uh, all of that. And, you know, it's like the spiritual sequel to the Suicide Squad movie that came out last year. We did an episode on that. So if that interests you, maybe go listen to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, before we jump into like what we thought of the show, I thought I would quickly give a history report on the character of Peacemaker from the comics. Oh, yes. Let's do a deep dive, Jackson. Yeah. Okay. So 
in the very beginning, Christopher Smith, which is the character Peacemaker, mm-hmm. first appeared in Charlton Comics in 1966. Not DC Comics. It was later bought out, uh, but we'll get to that. Oh, okay. Um, this version of the character um, is not exactly what was adapted, but like visually it was very like similar as far okay. as that goes. Um, the character was portrayed as a diplomat who encouraged world peace but at the same time stockpiled a bunch of weapons and a massive armory that he called the peace palace. <laughs> oh, the peace um, palace. Yeah. Uh, even though he vowed to never use his weapons, ultimately he was faced with a threat that made him do so. Um, and he started to use those weapons like over and over again. But his one rule is that he did not use a lethal force. So even though he was using these weapons, he was still peaceful and didn't actually kill anybody. Mm, um, okay. In, within Charlton Comics, he only appeared in two issues of the Fightin' Five, which I have no idea what that is, to be honest. The Fightin' Five. And received his own five-issue solo run with the publisher. Um, after that, he wasn't used until DC Comics acquired the rights uh, to this character, hmm. uh, among other uh, Charlton Comics. They just bought out um, Charlton Comics Got in it. 1983. So now we're into the, the chapter I call Crisis on Infinite Earths. So oh, okay. this was a big comic event. He was slight. He was in DC Comics continuity with all the Charlton characters mm-hmm. before Crisis uh, on their own Earth, Earth 4, where uh, they just did regular Charlton comic stuff. Uh, he was still a, a pacifist uh, that used non-lethal weapons to fight warlords and dictators, yada, yada, yada. And then this event called Crisis on Infinite Earth, Earths happened. Carter, do you know what that is? I know nothing, Jackson. <laughs> okay. Uh, basically, this was like this big event that DC Comics was doing because they they had done the multiverse stuff for a really long time at this point, And they were like, okay, this is getting out of hand. We have too many Earths. We have too many characters. We are going to do this event where a lot of our characters die and all of our worlds combined into one congruent continuity that will mm. like revamp and reboot these characters a little bit and like kind of just like, restart in a sense smart and epic yeah love it yeah so um yeah so all all of the charlton comics were like formally like collided with all the dc characters for once after this event and uh yeah so then we have before we get into the post-crisis chapter i have this little fun chapter called the watchman are you familiar with the watchman carter i am familiar with the watchman i've seen the Zack snyder movie haven't Mm -hmm. seen the tv show but i hear you haven't you should watch it it's literally amazing wonderful okay so the watchman comic debuted in 1986 which was i believe just yeah three years after crisis on infinite earth earths um in the process of making this they wanted to use all the charlton characters and like make that the story but because they were being planned to be used in crisis on infinite earths they weren't allowed to use these characters so instead they like basically just ripped off those characters and made like different versions of them so like instead of peacemaker we had the comedian Mm. and instead of uh captain adam we had dr manhattan instead of the question we had rorschach instead of blue beetle we had night owl and instead of nightshade we had silk specter so that's just like a fun little thing like when watching those movies to be like oh that was supposed to be the peacemaker Mm. which is kind of cool then we get into post-crisis which is basically like what was adapted into the Suicide Squad and to the HBO Max miniseries. Um, basically, um, the two motivations of being peace-loving and like more violent made the character like absolutely nuts. Like he's crazy in like current continuity of the comics. Okay. 
um, in this new history, his father, which is named Wolfgang Schmidt, which I think is a different guy than who we got in this show, uh-huh. um, was a Nazi death, death camp commandant. Um, and oh. when his father's war crimes were exposed to the world, he committed suicide in front of a five-year-old peacemaker. Wow. Um, so okay. He was five. He suffered a lot of trauma. Okay. So- um, this caused such like so much trauma that he began seeing his uh, father in visions as like a nazi basically like dressed in his ss uniform okay so um yeah we so kind of like, we kind of there's some mixing of the origins yeah, yeah yeah okay cool um when he turned 18 he enlisted into the army and toured in vietnam his mental illness of like seeing his like father like all the time uh like conv- like his dad convinced him to kill an entire village of people <laughs> which allowed him to go to prison for 20 years um his subconscious his subconscious dad yeah yeah like his subconscious dad like basically like pushed him to do this got it um while he was in prison he was uh constantly like like drafted by groups to do black ops missions which is what we saw in the suicide squad and in uh this this hbo max series which i thought was interesting and he was eventually rewarded parole where he uh, inherited his father's weapons manufacturing business um but instead of making weapons he started to make appliances instead which was more peaceful of course. um and then he became rich and founded the pax institute which was a charity dedicated to assisting war victims which is kind of nice mm, and then he did some other stuff but like this is like i think the core of the character which was worth mentioning but yeah sure that Amazing. is peacemaker so we're definitely getting like mixes like yeah. mixtures of like the old and the new mm-hmm. which is like one, one of the biggest differences i think i notice is that he was never like a diplomat like he was in the Charlton comics. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's definitely more like trailer trash in this version of the character, which yeah. I like a lot. I think it, it explains a lot of his like upbringing and motivations because instead of like his dad being like an actual Nazi, he's like a neo-Nazi white supremacist, which is yeah. like different but modernized and still pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Thank you for uh, the Jackson nerd out. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, as always, um, you're you're a star. Um, Thanks. Wonderful. Um, so how do you want to do this? You don't you don't want to go episode by episode, right? We just want to. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk about it. What do you think? What do you what do you feel? Um, well, let me just say, and I texted you this. I think yesterday that after watching Book of Boba Fett, this show was going to seem the, like the most amazing show ever. Yeah. And this show is just really really fun. It's really um, good. I had a I had a blast. Like first of all, if any of you out there have, who have watched the show skip the intro, what are you doing? Yeah. Like the <laughs> the intro dance number is like why I kept returning every week. I was like, "Oh my, well, I say every week, but I binged it all this week because I wasn't on the the wagon as most people were." Yeah. And that's on me. That's on me. But I will say that you should view HBO Max is doing great things because they do the episode by episode mm-hmm. thing which i love and appreciate but for simpletons like me i didn't get behind it on this time but for season two i'm there which by the way there's a season two coming yeah, yeah. yes which is awesome and i think what works specifically because they did the week re- release like mm-hmm. where the disney plus stuff has basically been like four to six hour movies I feel yeah. like this show is way more serialized in its formatting, which Definitely. helps with the weekly schedule too. Um, it doesn't feel incomplete. Like each episode kind of has like a beginning, middle, end, <laughs> whereas the Disney Definitely. Plus stuff doesn't always, which isn't like super bad. I don't, I don't really care, but 
Yeah, it's a little bit different. It also has an R rating, I think, which is pretty crazy. That's what I wanted to talk about, like comparing it to like MCU shows, which Mm -hmm. uh, probably you could say, I mean, were there DC shows in 2021 that I'm just not remembering like new mini? I guess the Suicide Squad was no, as far as shows go, there were shows. shows. Yeah. So like basically like basically 2021 was like Marvel's year in terms of superhero television. Well, but, I, I should rephrase within like the universe of the DC. Right. Like, yeah. There's yeah. like the CW stuff and like mm. all that. But like with yeah. this and yeah, it's just Peacemaker. I, I think it just reminded me, first of all, that like DC television, which I think has always been superior to Marvel television, at least in yeah. the early days, I think 2021 kind of revamped the Marvel TV yeah. series. Definitely. But I think this just came around and reminded us that DC still got the juice and yeah. TV. Um, but yeah, the fact that I'm hearing characters just like drop the F-bomb and like just be really vulgar and, and dirty, it just like it's very freeing and brave and like mm-hmm. kind of I don't want to say honest, but like just more fun to connect with in terms of like, I mean, superheroes probably curse, you know, and like we don't yeah. see that really in Marvel in, in deep ways. So I, I thought it was just fun this way. And obviously this is a comedy and not yeah. serious, but but yeah. Yeah, and they explore it in like really interesting ways. Like the violence is like violence, like you couldn't normally get away with. Like with a, yes. I don't think you can like chainsaw a gorilla in half <laughs> with like a PG thirteen rating. Maybe you can, but like who knows? Or like like you know like your two male leads can't like have a threesome with some stranger lady. Like there like there's like a bunch of crazy shit that happens on this show. That like, yeah, nudity, violence, cursing, like it has it all. And uh and it's not like crazy amounts, like they all like kind of serve the story, interestingly enough. Like it's not like for no reason, which is kind of nice. Yeah, um, it's it's all justified. I think all yeah. the characters earn their their way to drop F bombs and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not like Wolf of Wall Street where you're getting one like every other word, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> but but yeah, I I thought like the I thought that the story itself, which we can talk about, yeah, is like I I always think of I just always measure up stories in this capacity of like are the are the villains' motivations like good? And mm-hmm. I think they are. I think it's yeah. really interesting in the final episode when it all culminates and like I think it's a great foil to Peacemaker's whole mantra, yeah, and really challenges him at the end. So I thought that was really good as well, and I think that worked very well and they balance the comedy and like the actual like maybe real life implications well which i think suicide squad did really well also Mm -hmm. so james gunn like seems to really know what he's doing with these characters and i really appreciate that that's that's my takeaway right there at the top yeah in the first episode you have like john cena's peacemaker talking to the janitor being like (laughs) i fight for peace and he's like you kill mostly brown people (laughs) it's like he's like oh well that's just because statistically like that like and he like kind of addresses like some of like the crime rates and because of like systemic yeah. racism they play with issues. it they 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 walk that delicate line yeah. very well and then and then he's like what is he like okay so i'll just kill a higher white percentage of more. white people is that better <laughs> he's like yes yeah it's really funny yeah um and and because this character from what i've been reading doesn't seem to have like arch nemesis's nemesi i don't even know what you would say a co- like a coterie of supervillains exactly a coterie of supervillains as mentioned in the show uh-huh. like you don't really get like these big bads but you do have like because he was in the suicide squad and now th- this black ops mission like deep government mission mm-hmm. you do have these these uh like the, the bad guys are almost just like challenging his ideals 
more than like it's like a literal person you have to defeat at a lot of moments which i found really interesting yeah and then at the end like the, the aliens or the butterflies yeah, the butterflies like, they don't even turn out to really be evil if you look at it in a certain lens yeah right? like they're like, just like trying to survive and like and they're like and like yeah trying to save our planet was mm-hmm. the whole thing and then normally that's peacemakers whole shtick right mm-hmm. no matter no matter how many men women and children he has to kill to 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 bring peace and then he doesn't do it at the end and i thought mm-hmm. that was that's that's called character growth kids yeah and, and not was, only that but like fighting his like inner demons with his like his father and like the trump i don't think we've ever seen a character more like fucked up as far as like trauma goes yeah it's a fucked up origin story huh? like like batman you did your stuff i get it your parents died but like peacemaker i <laughs> think has like a worse upbringing uh he was forced to fight his brother and accidentally kills him as a very young child by and his dad his, his dad forces him yes yeah. his dad forces him and then he grew up poor very like very poor obviously and then his father was also like a neo-nazi <laughs> like white supremacist who was like revered as a god by like other white supremacists like he was like the clan leader yeah. in this area what was he called um, the the white dragon the white dragon yeah. um so yeah i feel like that like that alone really does explain why he is so fucked in the head when we see him in the suicide squad yeah it's like oh i can't stand this guy but like the more you like watch him play with that and play with like toxic masculinity and his confirmed bisexuality which is also really cool that they did that for the character mm-hmm. and like just like other like just him dealing with his traumas it's it's been really fun to watch his character grow in a way that i didn't expect yeah i can say speaking on that point of like showing all of these things like you know like the the lgbt of it all and everything mm-hmm. and like it's nice and refreshing to see a show that actually puts that at the forefront and not mm-hmm. just like slides it in as like oh this character might be gay because of one yeah. thing he said right mm-hmm. i thought that was that was nice to put that at the, the forefront especially with like the oh, what's her name adebayo that character mm-hmm. like and we can we can maybe talk about her character because i thought i uh, she annoyed me um oh really interesting yeah but i liked i liked her like what she was doing her motivations were good i just um I don't know. She just really, and I think it's probably by design. She just annoyed me as a character. <laughs> Maybe it was okay. by design. Um, we can get into it. Yeah. I just like, I found her like when she like did things, it just annoyed. Like it, it, I just watched the final episode today. And um, mm-hmm. when she's about to like say activate Sonic boom or whatever, she like just drops the walkie talkie and she's like, Oh, uh-huh. slipped. And I was like this character. And I get it. It's, it's by design. Like she's, She's supposed to be like way out of her depth in a yeah, way. Yeah, and it it was so much that it just like kind of got under my skin at times. But I like her fair. character. Like it's, she's got great back and forth with Peacemaker. They have a good dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's just like some of the things that she does, it, like when she's like has the helmet on and she discovers that that one guy is a butterfly. Mern is his mm-hmm. name, I think. And she's like, "Whoa, Mern, look at this!" Like she just kind of came off as like an idiot sometimes. Which again, I get. It's like it's kind of the character. Well, it's but, kind of everybody's character. Which yeah, might be but, like because she's not supposed to be that. Whenever she does have that moment, it can be like, okay, what are you doing? A little, bit. yeah, because then she's like a badass in the finale. Like she's yeah. jumping around and shooting people, and she what? She owned a pet or a pet kennel, dog kennel, or whatever. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, yeah she's like, yeah. I think I think what it comes down to is kind of like 
for better and for worse is like the James Gunn of it all. Like you do get like really good comedic moments. Yeah. And then you get comedic moments that last for like way too long. And I think maybe the point of it, of the bit is like, we're doing the bit for so long that it stops being funny, but then it gets funny again because we just like keep hammering this like one thing. Yes. Um, and sometimes it pays off. Like the sometimes whole, the whole, um, excuse me, the whole dye beard bit. Yeah. Like, that paid off in the end. That paid off for me too. And when us, it wasn't really working for me. Yeah. In like such a weird bullshit way, it like paid off. And I was like, oh, yeah. that, that kind of worked. And but then, yeah, I think th- there was like, I think it was with Vigilante in the last episode where it was like talking about sarcasm. Like in the bit was just like, I don't understand sarcasm. And it went on for so long. Yeah. That I was like, okay. Like it, it was very James Gunn. But like luckily, mm-hmm. and I think it's because he gets more like, like he gets to play more with these like rated R themes where like he you don't get that as much because he gets to deal with like more serious topics and like there's crazier action set pieces and stuff. Whereas like with Guardians of the Galaxy, I feel like that's mostly all you can use mm-hmm. because you're constricted to like certain language and like certain I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm losing the thread a little bit, but like no, I'm with you. I think he has the Marvel constraints are definitely tangible right like of what you can and can't do like i feel like he has free reign to do whatever he wants with dc and i Mm -hmm. think they've let him know that and i I think the free reign really plays into his strengths whereas like the restraint of marvel a little bit kind of shows to me at least i know everybody loves the guardians movies i i loved them when they came out just like i don't know the characters of kind of the dialogue and like the bits that they do have grown so old for me Mm-hmm. that like i don't really love it and it feels very much like some of those moments that i saw in the peacemaker show yeah i just wonder if it just makes you feel like what if like if guardians were rated r would that be more enjoyable could it be better you know? <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know like without those constraints you know mm-hmm. i don't know it we'll see in like, guardians 3 but yeah maybe not it feels like james gunn is more of a of a dc guy anyways like he just dropped like. some wild references, which are really fun, which I have a list of that we can get into in a second. Oh, boy. Um, But like, and maybe this also comes down to the fact that DC is so everywhere with their continuity currently that they don't care what he gets away with as much because like they just know the quality is going to be overall good. Whereas like, you know, Kevin Feige over at Marvel, like while they make amazing stuff, they do have way tighter reins as far as what mm-hmm. references can be made and like what characters can be casually talked about as being bronies and <laughs> other stuff. Yeah. That was another fun part about this show was where mm-hmm. it clearly, like it clearly it, it's pre- I appreciate that it's its own thing while yeah. also being connected to the bigger thing, but not in a way where you f- like see the wires, you mm-hmm. know, and, like it clearly belongs to this DC EU universe. Obviously yeah. like by the end when like Aquaman and flash show up, which was yeah. fun. And um, the silhouettes of wonder woman and Superman, Henry Cavill, Superman. Yeah. Where was Batman? Oh my gosh. So Snyder versus Twitter. I hate Snyder versus Twitter. Did they lose their minds? They accused because, okay, because Batfleck silhouette wasn't in it. Uh huh. And because Cyborg wasn't in it, specifically because of Cyborg, they accused James Gunn as being like this racist guy who erased oh, Cyborg from the DC universe. Um, God. Which is really annoying considering that like James Gunn is responsible for like most of the diversity currently mm-hmm. existing in the DC universe. And like he revitalized 
a lot of cool black characters. Like he brought Viola Davis back for Amanda Waller, which was absolutely amazing in the Suicide Squad. And then mm-hmm. instead of just making a popular white character black, he rejuvenated um, Blood, Blood Sport. Sport yeah. yeah, with Idris Elba too, which is like, he's he's really like doing great stuff as far as diversity. So it was a real bummer to kind of see that. When ultimately I think it came down to because Ray Fisher has so much like actual issues with DC and they're very valid issues as far as racism and treatment mm-hmm. with Joss yeah, yeah. and all sorts of stuff that that's probably why they didn't use them. And I imagine they just didn't use Batman because the Batman is coming out soon and they didn't want to on the nose. Yeah. Well, they didn't, they didn't want people to be talking about the continuity or, Oh, I like that better. Was that Robert Pattinson? Or was yeah. That, like, yeah. I think they just wanted to avoid all of that. That's altogether. fair. Yeah. I will fair. say it is, it is interesting that Henry Cavill's Superman was there though. Alleged, yeah. allegedly it was Henry. i assume that's what we were to think of it yeah just because like it, yeah there's been so many rumors of if he's coming back or if they're just rebooting superman kind of stuff so that was interesting that they included that but yeah ultimately i thought that was like a really cool like cameo that they got to do with all that stuff yeah and like my point where i was going with that was that like they like openly make mock the characters mm-hmm. and i find that i found that really just refreshing like yeah. again they don't take it all too seriously and they can just say that aquaman fucks fish and get away with it and then jason momoa shows up to play on the bit like it's yeah it's, it's good it's great and like i i just keep thinking back to like boba fett and like and like uh, the desire to shove as much ip as we can in there yeah and like we didn't need it in this show and it was great and it just tells mm-hmm. you once again that original characters are always good if you just let them have their lane and then they become yeah. beloved and we don't have to beat the dead horse of like having henry cavill show up for like six episodes exactly and and one thing i thought was like it really was just like the cherry on top like it wasn't necessary at all fans mm-hmm. wouldn't have been mad if it didn't happen it was just kind of like oh that's pretty cool that we got to see that yeah it was and, just right yeah and what i like about the references and stuff too is because all the characters that they got to throw out really fleshed out this idea of like yeah there's this justice league but also there's like tons of heroes just doing their own things yeah and like we all consider ourselves heroes. Like what there's like peacemaker and vigilante doing like really fucked up stuff. Like, like just like really bad. like vigilante's like killing graffiti artists. And, shit. <laughs> and then like, there's like green arrow doing stuff and you know, like kite man. Exists. Kite man. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Can I give you the reference sheet I have of please? Uh, with, yes. Within peacemaker. Okay. So there was Batmite. Do you know what Batmite is? It was like he mentioned it was like a little tiny other dimension of Batman or something. Or? Yeah. So he's like an interdimensional magic fanboy of Batman. <laughs> um, he's very similar to this character named Mr. Mitzi Split, Mit, Mixy Spitlick or something like that, who is like a Superman <laughs> imp can't who be like real. messes with him. Look it up. It's wild. Um, but yeah, Batman is like basically that. They did like an episode of Teen Titans where like there's like a Robin version of him. Who like mm. hangs out and it's really funny. Um, but yeah, he's like this goofy dude. We got Doll Man, which is a <laughs> a character who can shrink to six feet or sorry, six inches tall. And he was like bought from this old comic company that died and DC Comics acquired them. There's the Department of Extra Normal Operations, which is like this government agency that also deals with like really weird shit, which is kind of cool mm. to imply that they're in there. 
There's Matter Eater Lad. Do you know who that is? No, but I think it, his name maybe describes what he does. Yeah. So he's from the Legion of Superheroes, which is like he's like an alien from the future. And I guess he's like in present day time since Peacemaker just like hangs out with him. <laughs> but like he just eats anything. He can like absorb and eat anything. So he like eats bombs and like all sorts of crazy stuff. I think they said in the show he like ate a Wendy's or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They but did. like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Peacemaker talks about like uh beating up kite man with just his two fists and a desert eagle and a rocket launcher and like <laughs> which is really funny because if you i don't know if you've been watching like the harley quinn cartoon I've not, which is no. amazing and you should watch it but kite man is in it and he's hilarious outstanding stuff and then um, when talking about the coterie of villains we had riddler and mad hatter mentioned which is not the paul dano riddler but just like they're in the universe did he mention joker if, too right he, I, th- I think he mentioned joker which yeah. i guess would be the Jared Leto Joker. I guess since, so. <laughs> since I guess that's canon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, Green Arrow uh, is mentioned in the final episode as a brony who uh, he was like the back half of the brony with like a something with like the butt. I don't know. Like it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, but that yeah. was good stuff. Um, are there any other characters you want to you want to talk about? There's so many good characters in this show. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like the main cast is is really good. Um, you have Harcourt, you have um, Adebayo, and you have Economos as like the supporting group, the main supporting group, along with Mern, who the actor who plays him. I cannot pr- pronounce his name right now, but um, he would be like an amazing Bond Bond villain. I think like he mm. has like, like this presence that is so intimidating and like but calm at the same time i think he would be really interesting in like a spy thriller it's funny sure. like when the show started like i thought he was related to waller somehow like he just gave off like he was basically seemed like he was doing viola davis as amanda waller he's very much like guy amanda waller in this movie uh, or in the series chuck which Paul. is like cool chuck woody awuji yeah maybe that was it, that was me attempting the name yeah that's but, a yeah. good attempt i would say um just cool and then autobio i thought was really interesting because like amanda i i never even realized that amanda waller in the comics has like a family and but oh, that's, she does that's that's true to comics there yeah she has a family i don't cool. know if they've ever like ex- like expanded on like that life so much but like it is like known in the comics that she does have a family which i think is really interesting mm. um and her character i thought she was really fun and i thought it was cool just to see her work with Peacemaker and stuff. And then we had um, Jennifer Holland playing Amelia Harcourt, which I think is she is now engaged to James Gunn, if I Oh, really? Right. Oh, yeah. congrats. Um, and she's she was beautiful. really fun on the show, too. And then, yeah, and then Steve Adji, who did the uh, voice, or not the voice, the motion capture for King Shark in the Suicide Squad. Oh, I didn't know that. Us. And he's, he was really fun, too. I thought he was pretty funny. John Economos, motherfucker. Yeah, he, he chainsawed the gorilla. Oh, my God. Amazing. And then he That's brings good. it up like an episode later. He's like, and then Peacemaker's like, stop talking about it. Like, we get it. You chainsaw the... It's like, come on. That was so sick. Their banter yeah, is so and then fun. I, it's so good. And then I just wanted to talk about uh, Freddy Stroma playing yeah. Vigilante. He was my favorite. Standout um, performance. <laughs> he was amazing. Um, um, holy shit. <laughs> is what I have to say about this. Because this guy... In my opinion, the, we talked about this before. I am like really burnt out on Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Mm. Like I like Ryan mm-hmm. Reynolds, his humor. I, I love him. It doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Freddie Stroma, however. Hey, now 
I think would be the perfect, like absolute perfect Deadpool if you were to do it. What good. do you think? Like uh, I, I'm on board. If we do another, if we do another MCU recast of all these, when the multiverse happens and we get all yeah. these people back in, yeah, that would be my pick because he just perfect. like he gives off the Deadpool vibes, but it's not like in your face. Yeah. about it like and i think that's also probably because he was the supporting character mm-hmm. in this also and we don't get as much of him but like you just every time he was on screen i was like yes uh, whatever yeah. you have to say is going to be amazing and ultimately deadpool is kind of supposed to be a supporting character yeah. and and that's how i prefer him because like I, I don't know like i don't know if i could see ryan reynolds just like being a casual side character who doesn't say a whole lot like because mm-hmm. he is such a like a scene stealer as is i just feel like freddie stroma would be absolutely perfect and like he had that amazing scene in the prison where he talks about like to these white supremacists and he's talking about like oh what's your favorite contribution black people have done mine's probably uh like music and then he just like roasts all of like the shitty artists that like these white and supremacists then, like and then when the one guy was like excuse me and he was like oh i, I know yours it was probably the four that had sex with your mom or something yeah <laughs> and, and then he like awesome. kicks all their ass it's awesome it's so yeah. good yeah, he was great. Um, he was amazing. And all the, the like when he's getting his toe chopped off too. Like oh, man, so many yeah. great stuff. Like it's the most important toe, <laughs> the pinky toe. Yeah, because he'll lose all of his balance if he doesn't have it. And then Johnson is just like, do it. I don't care. It's so I guess, funny. I guess we didn't even talk about John Cena really. Yeah, that's what I wanted to get into next. Like mm-hmm. his performance as Peacemaker. Yeah, I didn't think I was a John Cena fan. I got to be honest. Like. He's always been like this wrestler kind of guy to me, which Mm -hmm. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I just mean like he always had like the buzzed hair, like he showed up in the Fred movie, like (laughs) like he just felt like not a real actor, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, But like this is the best role any wrestler turned actor I think has ever had. Oh, this is his lane. Um, This is his lane for sure. And like no offense to The Rock or Dave Bautista, but like this is the best wrestling role i think as far as like any like i think on average the rock or like dave batista might be more fun to watch but for this specific character like this is the best we've ever gotten what about uh hulk hogan and rocky uh three mm, that's compelling <laughs> <laughs> oh no. god uh, uh uh andre the giant is there a conversation okay there? okay honestly that's a great one that may be the only contender but you know what i think it is though it's yeah. because it's like when they subvert their expectations, like, yeah, like the Andre the Giant was comedic mm-hmm. and John Cena very much is a, is comedic and he's comedic, but he also has like a lot of compelling, like backstory and like, there's a lot of, Oh yeah. Like too. when he has his emotional like scenes, like he's like selling it. I think he's actually yeah. crying as, I mean, I, uh, yeah, my, no, my totally. dude, my dude can act. And mm-hmm. uh, I think he's just been in the wrong project like he's stuck in like fast nine fast furious you know but mm-hmm. like this is good stuff like if they can totally. make peacemaker for 10 years like i would watch it <laughs> hell yeah like <laughs> it's good stuff um yeah but yeah i thought he was really good at the center um mm-hmm. him and eagly can we talk about eagly yeah i was just about to say can we talk about eagly um amazing amazing I was side so kick. worried he was just going to get killed for like a joke at Me one too. point or like for like an, a, a cheap like emotional moment mm-hmm and I really didn't want that to happen. I was so glad he lived through it all because that paid off too. Worried. When the, when he gives him a hug, the hug, and, uh, <laughs> and he does a little selfie of he it. Finally gets he a gets selfie. A <laughs> and then like Adebayo walks out and she's like, "I just that saw a, a miracle." <laughs> yeah, she took it as a miracle and as like a sign. 
Uh, it was so good. Um, man, yeah. Like can I, I yeah, can I just ask the last one that I went like the the police squad was fun and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but can I ask about um, what's his name, Judo Master? Yeah, is he in the comics or is he, he just like he a- is a comic character? Yeah. Okay. I think he was like one of those obscure ones that was acquired. I don't know if it's a Charlton comic uh, character or something, but mm-hmm. like he is like a very obscure one that they brought in. Yeah. And for the promotion, I was convinced that was going to be just because of like the costume looked very similar to Nathan Fillion's arm fall off guy or the <laughs> detachable kid from yeah. the Suicide Squad. I was like, oh, maybe we're getting him. But like this guy is interesting, I think. And I, I'm curious to see what we get more with him because mm-hmm. like, they, they set up the fact that like he was freed and like he's doing his own thing. And I was like, oh, maybe he's going to come back and like team up with them or something. But like he didn't. So I'm curious to see what happens. So he like sympathized with the, the with the butterflies. Yeah, the butterflies told him what they told John Cena of like, we are going to like take over your world leaders and then like guarantee mm-hmm. world peace, basically. Yeah. And he was like, cool. Like he was like definitely on board with that. Yeah. Um. And I think that's going to be interesting going forward. I, I don't know what they're going to do with this show exactly. I don't either. I think if I had to guess and just, and then we can use this maybe to briefly talk about um, Robert Patrick as his dad. I, mm-hmm. I would imagine that we're still going to get some of him and we might go More into stuff. like the mental, like what you said in, in the, in the previous comics, like mm-hmm. maybe peacemaker turns, you know, and it's a whole like mental battle. Yeah. Which could be really cool to see. And I'm sure Judo Master is in there as well, like kind of pulling the strings with some of that. Yeah. It also, first of all, the, we talked about the open credits watching. I don't know if you noticed, but Judo Master pops out of the floor <laughs> yeah. and it's amazing. But also like he's in the scenes before that and he's like peeking around corners and stuff and like the oh, very really? background. Yeah. You got to look for it again. It's so good. Oh, that's fun. Um, but yeah, his action, the action sequences for the show were really good. Yeah, and I think like the like the hand to hand stuff you got to see with him like just kind of emphasized how good it was. Yeah, I liked that first that first bat, and we hadn't even talked about which is probably the most signature James Gunn of it all is like the soundtrack. Yes, and it's, like it's like hair bands, like yeah, to the max. It's like hardcore metal, like at times, and like sometimes it's these slow eighties ballads, mm-hmm. and like and it sets the tone immediately in like that first apartment scene yeah he's like fighting in his underwear and the, the record's just playing it's and- so good yeah as much as i love the guardian soundtracks like i literally have like the first one on vinyl mm-hmm. um i think this is maybe his best as far as like sticking to like what the character is and like how true to like the themes of the show like the hairband stuff just feels way more immersive yeah and it, it speaks to like and his dad says it later like that he listened to all that probably what do you call it queer music i'm sure at some point yeah like the devil like music or whatever yeah like, yeah and like it like the fact that like the song that like really struck a chord with him like you see like him playing on piano mm-hmm. he was playing that song which is amazing and then like yeah. that's like the song that him and his brother jammed out to before like he killed him and stuff and like that's what they really bonded over was like hair like the hair hair bands and like the metal stuff was like really really cool to his character i thought do you think john cena in that scene was had, was actually playing the piano at some points i'm I, i'm sure he didn't play the whole thing but it seemed like I he was he, i hope he did a little bit like they did a pretty good job because like usually you can tell when they're like just showing his face and stuff but like there were some like pretty long cuts of just hand yeah like, was, i think he was in his side profile it. and he's playing so i think he was definitely doing like some of the stuff it was impressive it was cool it was mm-hmm. It was, it felt to me 
like kind of like I don't know if you watch It's Always Sunny, but like where oh, like yeah, where Mac gets to do his interpretive dance and like express himself in a way because he is such a like Peacemaker is such a toxic masculine character. Like to see him express himself through piano mm-hmm. was really cool. I thought and like really I don't know I I was really moved by it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, yeah, do you want to talk about his dad? Yeah, um, <laughs> the white dragon. Yeah, so I think a a, a brilliant character. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's and Robert Patrick, who is like, a, a, I think really good casting choice. Who's literally just like the evil Terminator in T two. Yeah, um, he's great. He's, he's so good right. at this. He's, he's menacing, and he like you believe when he says these things. Yeah, which uh, I don't know what that says about Robert Patrick's aura, but <laughs> I he believe, looks like a racist. He does. Let me. I'll do, yeah. Let's let's put it out there. I'm sure he's not, but he he's well cast. He um, tweeted some stuff like because like the, James Gunn did watch parties and stuff with the cast and they cool. would all like live tweet like every Sunday, which I wish I would have partaken in because I think that would have been kind of fun. Uh-huh. Um, But I literally just wanted to watch it as soon as it came out because I was so excited for it. But like he tweeted like he was like, it hurt me so much to punch eagerly. Like, I feel so bad. <laughs> like, he just seems like a nice guy. Yeah, which makes, me, makes me feel good. No, but yeah, I thought like that whole construction of him like being a white supremacist and like saying all these shitty racist things, especially like to the, a lot of it comes at the expense of the cop, the Asian mm-hmm. cop. I don't remember yeah. her name, but and then she like throws it right back when she's like mm-hmm. calling him like Blake Shelton and <laughs> yeah, the rapport was really good. Yeah, so that was all, like it wasn't it never crossed a line. I mean, obviously yeah. like. It was obviously egregious for like right because he is a bad dude and like that was the point. So like it yeah. wasn't it never glorified what he was saying as like oh he's cool like it's like oh shit he's like not a good dude and it really informs the character of peacemaker too like mm, yeah being raised say. by this and like he thinks he's the hero but his dad is like purposely like teaching him how to do it the wrong way basically yeah and like he's aware that he's killing more brown people than white people and he thinks that's like good and like that clearly informs his character and it kind of shows the innocence a little bit of peacemaker a little like he doesn't realize what he's doing is like this really bad thing because he like i think a lot of it comes from like his innocence of like his innocence being shattered a little bit growing up and then like him maybe being closeted as like a bi like person mm-hmm. and like but like his dad found out eventually at some point and like him having to deal with that and it's just like a really interesting relationship between the two yeah and it pays off really really well in the sixth episode the like the second to last episode whichever one that was uh seventh seventh episode, seventh episode yeah mm-hmm. which was awesome um yeah like where he breaks out of jail also like the fact that his dad was like this crazy smart guy with this like interdimensional room in their like really <laughs> shitty home was like pretty wild uh-huh and you know like he made all the like peacemaker helmets that did all this crazy shit which was crazy can i say that i thought his costume although racist was sick the white dragon yeah it was, yeah it was pretty you cool want to talk but... about peacemaker and vigilante's costumes also like these are yeah. straight from the comics in yeah. ways that are perfect like they just do it right i thought they were cool mm-hmm. i i thought for a time that we were just not gonna see vigilante's face and i thought that would be a fun bit but that would be kind of a fun bit because like i think when they have that threesome like he's sitting there with his mask on with his mask on (laughs) i was like this could be hilarious um (laughs) yeah but i'm glad we saw it but his face but 
because that also paid off too when he's like getting tortured and he's like, mm-hmm. if you move your face, they can't recognize your face. He's like <laughs> yeah, moving his face so around. He was like um, scrunching it and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I thought their costumes were awesome. Like, mm-hmm. um, I appreciated the little montage that played over like the 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 rock version of an, a One Direction song when they're yeah. <laughs> when they're throwing like shooting the cars and throwing bombs and stuff. Mm-hmm. That that was fun. Um, it was really cool. And we didn't. I don't think we got to see like his helmet do anything in the Suicide Squad movie. And so I was like really surprised. Uh, yeah. Yeah when it did stuff in the show but like that's like straight from the comics like even in the charlton comics like it shot laser beams like out of his helmet which is like so funny and like weird yeah the helmets were cool the the torpedo one the the, the levitation the, one that just they were like oh fuck and then the scabies away. one that gave everyone within like a mile like scabies which is so hilarious yeah i thought all of that was the Sonic Boom one was obviously it was so cool, really cool. Um, and that's when I was like, because it happens in the first episode, doesn't it? When he uses it, and I yeah. was like, oh, this show is sick. And like, I like that, like it's like they only have one gimmick per helmet too. It like makes it so weird. <laughs> they can't <laughs> like, put more right. than one into it. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Meanwhile, his dad has this whole like insane like suit that can fly. He's got jetpacks and stuff. And, like, yeah. but, like Peacemaker doesn't get that, which is so funny. I like that he asked for a jetpack in like episode one, didn't he? And they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, like just going back to his dad and like their relationship, mm-hmm. like the fact, like their their finale in episode seven, where he's like, "You killed your brother," and he's like, "No, I didn't. You did." Yeah. And like him, like and then shooting his dad. It was really good for his character, I thought. It was a good character development, even though I don't know if he necessarily believes that fully. I think he's starting to come around to that development, but I I still think he holds a lot of guilt and a lot of that weight on his shoulder. Like, he's he's having this argument with his dad, despite his dad being dead, mm-hmm. which, like, comes back to, like, his, his comic origins with that stuff. And, like, the final shot of the show, you have him sitting on the porch with his dad, and um, the the butterfly who's like eating the last of the, the food and yeah. like eagerly kind of hang out. It's like yeah, and it's like okay, this is gonna be the last. Like this is kind of gonna be like what we see in the future going forward with like his dad and stuff mm-hmm. as being like this vision and like this voice, this like devil on his shoulder almost, which will be yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. Um, mm-hmm. um, is there anything else about the show that we didn't cover? I, mean, I don't like, know. I feel like we did a lot of stuff, to be honest. But. Any fun little things? There were obviously the dialogue is amazing. I liked the the circle of life ants thing at the end was fun. Yeah, they're like, what are you talking about? There are thousands of ants or something like that. Um, I'm trying to think of any other fun little thing. <laughs> there was like, and I think it's in the first episode where Adebayo and um, uh, what's her name? The other uh, Harcourt are mm-hmm. in the car, <laughs> and then Adebayo's like. Oh my, like they're like doing like a chase or whatever. It's like, oh my God, is your heart beating? And she's like, no, my heart stopped beating. <laughs> yeah, it was like so much of it was just so fun. And like the action set pieces were like silly at times, but in ways that paid off. Like Peacemaker just jumping from balcony to balcony trying to get out of that like apartment building was he keeps so landing funny. on his shoulder too. Yeah, and, and he like, keeps getting hurt. Like, Damn it. I like the bit when Economos makes the PowerPoint. And he was like, you suck at PowerPoint. And he's like, I don't even care. He's like, no, it's clear you put effort into it. <laughs> and so there was like, bits. there was that one time where, cause some of the, some of the, like we said, like there were some moments where it's like, okay, 
this drag it out yeah where like economist like frames peacemaker's dad like he changes his prints to be of all people his dad and then like Mm -hmm. Which is kind of like, okay, that's kind of dumb, but like it progresses the story in a way that we need it to go. Yeah. And you get this awesome moment where Peacemaker is just naming people who he could have framed instead. And there's this video, I think IGN did it. It's like circulating on Twitter. You could probably find it where like, it's just every person he referenced, like, like being like collaged onto the frame and there's just so many oh, that's people fun. and it's so good. I'll have to, I'll have to find it for the social media, but Do it's you, great. That scene was amazing. Do you think that was improv by John Cena? Do you think he was just rattling off? Yes. People? I yeah. think they do. I think what I like about James Gunn's directing style, I think he encourages improv for mm-hmm. sure for some of the stuff, which is maybe why some of it feels a little dragged on because I think he just wants like whatever they come up with. He's like, perfect. We're just going to throw that in there because like, I think he likes that creative freedom overall. Yeah, I think so. Like you can tell in the dialogue, like someone asks a question and someone answers that and that forms another question. And they just, you, they just keep going they down a do rabbit it. hole. Yeah. They, they, they let it play out and I, it, it, it's mostly rewarding, but sometimes it feels dragged out, but I think for the most part it works. Yeah. I um, think, and for, I, I think the suicide squad is the best version of his humor for me, maybe because it has to be contained so tightly that they like trim some of that joke fat a little bit. Yeah. And because he gets like the combination of that and like the free reign of the studio, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But ultimately I think it, it works in this show a lot too. Most of the time, like nine times out of 10, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Where do you see uh, my takeaway here is that I think that, um, this year 2022 Mm -hmm. i mean last year was pretty marvel dominated right i Mm -hmm. think that this year is going to be a comic book fan's favorite year because i think we're getting we're getting even amounts of dc and mcu content this year Mm -hmm. and i think it's just going to be super duper yeah is my big takeaway here and we'll start with the batman in two weeks and then we'll get doctor strange and moon Knight's in there somewhere like Mm -hmm. we're gonna start getting stuff hit the ground running and it's gonna be a a crazy fun year i think and peacemaker was the perfect way to kick it off i think yeah and i think james gunn is about to be really busy with a lot of projects i think i saw he was doing another season of this he's doing guardians three He's also mm-hmm. doing a holiday special for the Guardians, which mm-hmm. I'm very interested in seeing. Maybe more than Guardians Three, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Does he have his? Is he attached at all to like Thor, Love and Thunder? I wonder. He might be as like a consulting uh, unofficially, producer. yeah. Like, because like I'm pretty sure the Guardians are going to be in it for at least like mm-hmm. the first ten minutes, probably. I don't yeah. know. Um, so like usually, like when those character when someone's worked with those characters for so long, like he was the like the like one of the producers for uh, infinity war, I think mm-hmm. because of there was so much guardians and stuff in it. Yeah. Um, but on top of season two, I think he's also getting another suicide squad spinoff show, which is oh, interesting. Sick. So maybe that'll follow like, like, um, you know, rat catcher two and blood sport and King shark, or maybe that'll follow like a new squad. That's not run by Waller since uh, out of weasel kind of, Maybe Weasel will show up because they like. I think at the end of this show, Adebayo outed uh, her mom and mm-hmm. like yeah. just Task Force X in general, which is like really cool and a really cool like development of the of the show. Maybe you get a public Task Force X of just like previous villains and stuff, which would be pretty cool too. But Jared Leto comes in and maybe, <laughs> maybe you never know. Oh yeah, baby, <laughs> that's the third time's the charm. Third time's the charm. But yeah, I'm I'm really. Lo- Looking forward to the future of James Gunn stuff. I think it's going to be good. As am I. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. 
Peacemaker. Uh, check it out if you haven't. Check it out. It's wonderful. And I, did, I mean, I did it all in a week. I did it all in three days. It's great. And it was, it it's was seriously so good. Um, sick. Uh, should we move on, Jackson? Let's move on to The List is Life. The List is an absolute good. The List is Life. Oh, boy. Um, is it cold turkey this week? Obviously, I didn't rank Peacemaker. I wish I could, but I didn't. Um, unless you have a favorite John Cena movie. <laughs> I don't think I've even... I don't. I gotta be real. I don't even know if I've seen a John, like another John Cena movie besides his like character of Peacemaker. I haven't seen the Fast and Furious stuff. Yeah, it's not good. Um, so I don't even know what else he's in. Well, the Fred, the Fred movie you said he I'll, is in the Fred. He's in one of the Fred movies as I'll, like Fred's. You know what's really funny actually, because he's like a figment of Fred's imagination as his dad, and now we have him playing Peacemaker, who has a a dad imaginary oh figure my gosh too, so that's kind of interesting this is just the fred canon yeah it's the fcu <laughs> crisis on infinite earths did was combine fred's backstory <laughs> into peacemakers goodness God. gracious um <laughs> well uh we could do um well my list is up to 2230 right now jackson okay so you can you can go we can go cold here if you want can i do a little bit of a cold but maybe kind of t- connected to this i Whatever what is you like want. your highest ranked john cena project off the top of your head you know if you can think of it's probably got to be the suicide squad. is it the suicide if squad I'd, if i had to guess like off the top of my don't we are here let me tell you how many john cena movies i've seen yeah that's a good thing look at your letterbox pro uh yeah shout out let me first find fast nine that's how i'm gonna get there um which maybe i need to Maybe I need to rank the Fast and Furious movies, but God, I don't want to do that. You should. I haven't seen that. So maybe we'll do a, maybe we all watch them together. It'll be fun. Oh, can we not? <laughs> um, okay. I have seen seven John Cena movies. Oh, wow. Okay? Which ones? Um, Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bumblebee, which I forgot. He was the villain in Bumblebee. He's the villain in Bumblebee? Like he voices like a Decepticon or something? No, or he's like, he plays a human. He's part of like a task force that's like trying oh. to get Bumblebee. Cool. I recall correctly, he's in. Did you see Blockers? No, but I've heard that's really good. Actually, like I heard it's like pretty decently funny. Mm-hmm. Blockers was good. Um, Trainwreck, which he's in for a minute, he has sex with Amy Schumer. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Doolittle, of course, he voices I think a polar bear in that that's garbage. I've not seen Doolittle. And then a movie called Twelve Rounds, where he uh has to save his There's wife a- from Aiden Gillen or something. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, good stuff. I think. The highest rated one there is going to be Suicide Squad. But mm-hmm. let me tell you where you want to see where like Blockers is. Yeah. Tell me where Blockers is. While you're doing that, the first time I saw John Cena with hair was for the Fast and Furious trailer, I think. the one, Whichever one he showed up in. <laughs> and my time, brain, bro. for whatever reason, just convinced me it was Mark Wahlberg for like a year. <laughs> just because like him with vein. kind of re- re- reminds me of mark Wahlberg, and my brain couldn't piece it together because i was not used to seeing him with hair that it was possibly john cena similar vein. Kind of funny um i have blockers which i thought was a fine movie at mm-hmm. 1569 so, so bad. Eh, it's low but you know it's not as low as it could be it's right under speaking of uh wrestlers uh san andreas starring the rock john dwayne the rock johnson so, nice i like that how about that do you think con Comedy is like his forte for sure. Like, is that where he should stay? I think it's where he's comfortable. 
And mm-hmm. I, th- I would like to see him maybe do some, it's hard. Cause like you want these people to maybe do dramatic work, but it's hard to separate them from their like wrestling past, for example, like he's yeah. Like it's hard. Maybe I think the rock is maybe getting there soon where like you can maybe see rock the rock in a drama. You can maybe, maybe see rock in a drama. <laughs> well, it's weird though too, is cause like they're so like, muscle bound which is like good for a lot of things like being mm-hmm. a superhero and stuff but they're like their physique is such a part of their image it is hard to imagine them doing dramatic stuff because yeah, like to, to be in a dr- dramatic role to me almost you have to feel like an everyman like you have to feel like oh yeah this person exists in real life without having to go to the gym all the time and like i don't know if i can see that with him but i'd be interested in it. especially not definitely not with the rock but yeah, that's that's tough. But, but maybe um, with him, who knows? I mean, he's definitely got the range, mm-hmm. and I think I think I think we'll get close to it. I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, yeah. um, just for the sake of the order, I have Bumblebee at one thousand two hundred and fifty-one. Okay, just for the good of the order, right under okay. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Johnny the, Depp, the Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp one, right? Uh-huh. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. I was like, no way, the good one is that low. Uh uh-uh. uh, you want to know where Willy Wonka where's the, is? Yeah, where's the good one? Yeah, where's Willy Wonka? I love this tangent we're going down. Um, <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is at six twenty. Ooh, okay. Where is Blazing Saddles? <laughs> this is great. Let's just do all the Mel Brooks. Yeah. Uh, no, I have Blazing Saddles higher than Willy I would Wonka. figure. Yeah. Um, I have oh, and by Mel Brooks, I meant Gene Wilder. Yeah, I, I knew what you meant. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I knew what you meant. Uh, five fifty six for Blazing Saddles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other Gene Wilder performances you want to hear? No, Frankenstein while we're at it? Yeah, or? sure. Where's that one? I haven't seen that one. If we ever but... do a Mel Brooks episode, we're fucked. Because um, we've talked about them all. Yeah. Um, I can't find it. It's on here. I've, I've ranked it. Mm. Anyway, that'll be a that'll be a tease. Did I accidentally delete it? That'd be. Oh no, I found it. Here it is. Don't worry. Um, Young Frankenstein, the highest of the three, five twenty-seven. It's the highest one. Interesting. How bad? Maybe it? I need to check that one out then. Put it under it. It's a pity. <laughs> um, yeah, right under Borat. Very nice. Nice. Very nice. Anyway, this was a lot for the list is live. I know. I loved it. But you know what? Episode sixty-nine. You got to give them what they want. You know. You got to give what the people mm-hmm. want. That's. Mm-hmm. Is there a? <laughs> One more. Is there a sexualized movie that you'd like to hear for episode 69? Like what's the most like unnecessarily sexy movie? Oh, what Mm. is the most like unnecessarily sexy movie to you? Mm, I don't know. Um, Unnecessarily sexy. Any. um, That's a difficult question. The Transformers movies are pretty horny. Oh, that's that's a good point. Let's look where Transformers is. Like even the dogs are fucking in that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's a no good. Okay, Transformers, which I actually enjoy the first Transformers. Okay, um, this ties it, into Bumblebee, so this is relevant too. There we go. Uh, we all tied it back. Uh, Transformers is at eight forty eight. Um, okay, what about the second one? Because I think that one's way hornier. I don't know what, what that one's called. So, uh, Revenge of the Fall. Yeah, Revenge of the Fallen. Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. One thousand three hundred sixty five. Gotcha. Because that's the one where that girl who like. Is that the one where not Megan Fox girl is hitting on him and then like she's like a robot and tries to kill him? Yeah, which um, why do the Decepticons turn into cars if they can just be humans? I don't know. That's mm-hmm. that's a weird plot hole that I've never really understood about the Transformers anyway, universe. It's also where the, the robot has a scrotum. 
um yeah that one too so and it has the racist okay. uh cars too the weird, you're right like, uh they Mexican are really racist. cars yeah um speaking of that guy what's his name he's in like do the right thing who who he like he's on the phone he's, he's oh, like i'm gonna john, the transformers testicles. john Turturro. Yeah. yeah a clip from the batman came out of him i don't know if you've seen it yet oh yeah he's falcone isn't he yeah it looks awesome it looks really cool very um, cool he has a temperament and like a a mobster composure that is really really cool to watch so he's a great actor i like mm-hmm. him a lot um and he wonderful. talks about how and sorry i'm gonna no, no, no. On this, this is great really well i love where we're at he's talking to uh robert pattinson's bruce wayne he's like your father like saved me like like i was dying i was shot and he like i couldn't go to the hospital because i'm like this criminal obviously mm-hmm. and your father put me on like the table and like operated on me in the kitchen and he's like and i'm very thankful for that and like he was like because he knows he's a criminal and like kind of hates him and he's like and probably wants to reject the fact that his dad may have been a more shady person than he wants to admit he was like oh he was just following this hippocratic oath and he's like oh i love that thing it was like kind of like a really cool banter but like it, it tells a lot about the characters and i'm really excited about it so anyway this is the plug for the batman coming out Hell yeah two weeks or which week. is what is it next week it is next is it next week it's march I don't know. first weekend of march so maybe so maybe i know someone who i went to college with who got like some like presser screening of it tonight and he's like actually watching it oh that's dope i'm just really sick so good stuff yeah that being said i'm excited to see it in the theater though so i'm glad i didn't get a, yeah. a screener yeah. sorry to your friend True. uh anyway that was a tangent of the list is life that is and uh right. yeah let's move on to our final segment which is i'll have what she's having i'll have what she's having so good um what will we be having this week jackson what are we recommending i am recommending uh peacemaker obviously go watch that of course um watch the watchman series not the movie although maybe watch the movie for context because the watchman series plays off of like the history of the comics and like expands on it in a really interesting way it's amazing though like seriously amazing mm-hmm. sex center movie is okay um but it's visually kind of cool talk about um, over sexualized movie huh literally so horny um <laughs> And then, you know, maybe check out, I'm, I'm going to po- plug that Cerebro podcast again, because I've nice. been learning a lot about X-Men and it's been really cool. So get them on the pod. Yeah. Way above oh, yeah. our pay grade, but yeah, really well, cool. You know, <laughs> um, amazing. Um, this week I'm going to plug, usually I like to just plug things that are coming out. So people know, since mm-hmm. you usually cover the stuff we talked about, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, Cyrano. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Where is my, it? My boy Dinklage is uh, coming out. It's a, th- a theatrical release. So. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I was under the impression that it had already done that, I guess. Or maybe it was limited. You know, something? I think it was limited because I think it was gotcha. supposed to come out in like December. Oh, okay. But now it's like, it's a feb- technically wide release uh, this weekend. So cool. check that out if you'd like. And um, there's this Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot on uh netflix that i've heard terrible things if you're into really scary movies i think it's like an hour and 20 minutes what an odd release time for a horror reboot yeah i don't know what's what's going on there well apparently it's really bad so that makes sense then um and then finally uh maybe just start getting your batman vibes going start uh start watching some batman stuff you're watching what's your favorite i mean besides the dark knight do you have like a favorite non-nolan batman thing that you want to recommend non-nolan batman thing yeah um can i recommend the arkham 
games. Absolutely, you can do it. Because those are still to this day my favorite video games I've ever played. Arkham really? City. Ooh. Arkham City is the best video game I've ever played. I've never played them, um, but I need to. Arkham I need to City. Watch the cutscenes or something. I need to get a taste of what those are. I you think. could just watch the cutscenes and get a lot of good stuff. From I've heard the story's good. Arkham so. City is incredible. Uh, it probably goes Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, Arkham Knight. Um, Sick. But they're amazing. So I'm going to suggest that. And then, I don't know, the Lego Batman movie. Go watch that, I guess. That is fun. I yeah. Since we're doing that, I want to throw out um, The Mask of the Phantasm is a really good mm. animated Batman movie. And on top of that, um, I think it's called Under the Red Hood. Yep. is phenomenal. Um, it has Jensen Eccles from Supernatural voicing Red Hood, who is... It's a kind of a mystery, but it's it's really good and it challenges the the morals of Batman in a way that I think is more compelling than how the Joker does it because it's a closer familial tie and it's really good. So solid. Absolutely. Wonderful. Love it. And uh, with that, uh, we did it. We're done. 69 Ooh. is over. And what a long 69 it was. Uh, we'll see you at 420, everybody. Oh, is that a Friday? Is 420 a Friday? Yeah. Like, will we put an oh, episode maybe. out I was thinking, on 420? Oh, maybe. I was thinking about the episode 420 when we get all the way to episode. Oh, you're right. Which you're will right, be right. so far in the future. But eventually, maybe. Who knows? We'll get there. Uh, 420 is a Wednesday. Uh, oh, you hate to see it. But that Friday will be Earth Day. So, you know, marijuana grows on the Earth. True. We'll so, do stoner movies for that episode or something. Uh, that could be fun. Top five stoner fun. movies. Anyway, this is us plugging movie uh, an episode that we're going to do in like four months. So... That's Love not it. how math works. Two That's li- it's literally a half <laughs> Time is a construct. Time flies. Oh, man. Anyway, like butterflies brought it back to the Woo. show. And uh, Jackson, where can they follow us on Insta? They can follow us on Instagram at roughcut underscore pod. Give us a follow, please. And maybe give us an Apple pod review. That'd be cool. Yeah, we, we love to like hear. That. We love to hear yeah. from the people. And be on the outlook. Uh, be on the outlook. Be on the lookout. Gosh, in my Microsoft hey oh shout out um be on the lookout for uh some oscar ballots that might we Mm. might be putting out if you want to do a bracket challenge with us not a bracket challenge. oh my gosh i'm in my march madness phase hey i like where your head's at that's great too but like we may be doing an oscar pool challenge where people can like you know maybe put a dollar in or who, who knows what and whoever wins gets the pot that could be pretty fun uh, picking Oscar picks and enjoying the Oscars at the same time, maybe getting some cash prizes. Who knows? Heck it's yeah, fun. because if the Oscar ceremony is going to be bad, at least we can make money off of it with each True. other. True. You know? So anyway, look forward to that. That'd um, be fun. Anyway, we love you very much. Thank you for listening as always. Be safe, be good, be kind. We love you. Peace out, motherfucker. Yeah!